Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. There's so much power in that and so much release. And like you're saying, exhale of my worth is not bound to what I produce. My worth is bound to who I belong to. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. So I actually emailed her way back in 2011 when I was just starting my photography business. She literally and graciously answered every question I sent her as a complete stranger thousands of miles away, and we became friends. Over the last decade, we've been quiet cheerleaders for one another, but I will never, ever forget the way that she showed up for me when I dropped into her inbox a mere admirer of her photography. I watched Angelie Pascal's book trailer more than five times as I prepared for this conversation today. The first was just to learn more about her book. The next several views, well, I just wanted to hear her calming voice and truly understand the deeper meaning of her chosen title, Stay. She's a mother of five children, an author, a speaker, a retired photographer, and so much more. I want to get deep with Anjali today because she is so skilled at helping people unpack their vulnerabilities and understand the deeper places in their hearts. In this conversation, we'll chat about book writing and self-care and honoring her own time and space as a mother and what it means to stay instead of resist. I cannot wait for you to meet this woman. Here she is, my friend, Anjali. Thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Gold Digger. Small businesses have unique needs. And despite the current uncertainty, one thing that remains unchanged is the importance of having the right people on your team. For $50 off your first job post, visit linkedin.com slash gold digger. 
Primally Pure is my go-to natural non-toxic skincare and it's changed the game for my skin, not to mention I can actually pronounce the ingredients. For 10% off your Primally Pure order, go to jennacutcher.com slash skincare. Angeli, we were laughing because this literally feels like a first date of sorts because we have been internet friends for over a decade. <gasps> Isn't that crazy? It's really crazy. <laughs> you might be my longest internet friend. For real. When I look back at both of our lives mm. back then, it's kind of insane to just see a decade worth of work and digging in and learning and growth and expansion and evolution and just all of these things. And I was just looking at our email threads and, and we were both kind of newer to photography and entrepreneurship and just connecting on all of that. But man, what a decade it's been. Oh my goodness. And it was so sweet. I remember just your name would pop up in my email and you would have like the most wonderful questions. And, you know, you always were so, so genuine and so kind and always just kind of checking in, like, I'm praying for you. How is it going with your baby? You know, it was just like, we were, we would share information, but I felt like we like really connected in real life. Well, that's why I'm so excited to have you on the show. This has been a long time coming. And I, I honestly believe kind of in the book of Esther, like there has never been a better time than this. We were born for a time as this. And when I yeah. think about this year and the work that you're doing, which we'll talk about in just a moment, I just think that it was created for a time like this. So before we yeah. dive into all of the goodness of what I mean when I say that, Tell everyone just a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, where you've come from. Kind of give us the background of you. Yeah, sure. Well, kind of like you share a little bit, I am Angeli. I live in San Diego. I'm married to a, my sweet husband of almost 15 years. We have five little kids, <laughs> 13 to three, Lord help me. But we kind of live on this little piece of land and raise our kids and love our neighbors and kind of like a little bit of what got me here, Jenna, and kind of what connected us was photography. And at the time, 10 years ago, which feels wild, you know, I was running a business. I was traveling the world. I was being published in magazines. I was in blogs. And, and at the time when I was blogging, I just found, it's kind of like this hidden treasure, but I really discovered my love of writing during that time of blogging. And when I had just, you know, a few little kids at the time, one day I got a fire in my soul and I just started writing and I couldn't stop. Have you ever had like just an idea and you were just like up all night, just chasing after it? That's what kind of writing was for me at the time. And in the middle of, you know, photography and publishing and traveling, it was like, I also was writing and after about six months of, I was like, whoa, I think I just wrote a book. Like, I think this is a book. Like I didn't tell anyone because it was at the time I was like, so I'm not like a quote unquote writer, you know? And so I remember I had this real significant moment in my life where I was pregnant with baby number four and I was shooting a wedding in Mexico and I went into labor. I was like 29 weeks. So you know what that means. That's like not a good thing ever to go into labor 29 weeks and especially in a third world country. And at the time it was like, I could have died and my baby could have died. And this moment for me, when I'm like, quote unquote, at the top of my game 
in photography and pursuing writing, like it was a wake up call. Like I could have died. And I realized at that moment, Jenna, I was like, I am so focused on producing that I really have lost sight of who I was becoming. It kind of propelled me into really deep diving into my soul and story. And I don't know if you've experienced this as an entrepreneur, but it was like, I had anxiety. I was so I was struggling with jealousy. I had so much anger. I was losing sleep. I was just kind of a wreck. And at that point in my career, I was like, I was right, gaining the world, but losing my soul. And so in this moment, it really changed my, my life and what I wanted to do. And so I quit. I quit photography. I put my manuscript on hold. I put it on a shelf. And I, for the first time, really started staying. I started going inside, trying to figure out who I wanted to be. And I wanted to kind of, you know, work through some things I had been avoiding. So, I mean, that kind of leads, you know, big background story to where I am today, 10 years later of that book I put on hold, finally published it and pursuing some different dreams in my life. Was that the same book that you kind of uncovered that you had written those years before? Like, what was it like kind of reading those words back from this different season of your life? Yeah, so it was the same book. I had written probably 90% of it about seven years ago, right, when I talked about. And then when I finally had not just written who I wanted to become, but had become who I wanted to become, if that makes sense. I picked up the book again and it was like, okay, it's time to really pursue getting this manuscript published. And it was crazy. I mean, it was really like reading some of those early stories again was painful and so good. What was it like for you to take this manuscript? Because I feel like most people nowadays go the reverse order, right? Like they get a book deal, they get an agent, and then they start writing. So what was it like to go almost backwards in a world of publishing? Right. And I think that's very true. I think my story's a little backwards. But in some ways, yeah, right? It tells you that there's not one way. Jenna, it tells you that if you follow step A, B, C, D, it equals this. It's like, no, I really started with my message. I really started with my story. I really started with what I wanted to say. I wrote it, you know, a decade ago, but I kept writing about it on Instagram. I wrote about it when I would speak at different places. I mean, it was a message that was burning inside of me. So I think by doing that, it really, really refined my message and what I felt, like you said, I was created for to do right now in this time in the world. So let's talk about the theme of staying, which honestly couldn't be more timely with us staying put this year and kind of staying still. What does stay mean to you? And like, how have you been living it out both before this year and within this year? Sure. I think staying in some ways is really easy, right? And in some ways, Mm -hmm. it's really hard because staying for a lot of us is a really scary thing. We are professionals at running away, of strategizing, of not dealing with our internal world. So staying is really, I really like to look at it like a gentle invitation. And for, you know, women like you and me, it's really 
the first thing is really paying attention, like paying attention to what's happening inside of you, right? So we are so good at ejecting from our feelings. What we like to do and what feels safe for us is we like to think our feelings. We're really good about thinking about how we feel and trying to strategize a way to stop feeling that way because that way is painful. But what's really hard for us, most of us to do is to feel our feelings. And so a lot of the times I invite women to just name how you feel and stay with that feeling without trying to fix it, right? Feelings aren't dangerous. They're not bad. They can be scary, but you know, ultimately they can be a gift, and so one of the greatest gifts I try and identify for women is the gift of resistance. And that might, I don't know, I feel like that kind of sounds silly or weird sometimes because why would we want to stay with the place we resist being? But when we can identify what we're resisting, it really helps us move into the invitation of staying. So here's an example, right? You're scrolling through Instagram, you see an image or a picture of someone and it instantly triggers jealousy, right? And your strategy, or at least mine is, I'm going to hurry past the image because I want to get rid of that jealousy feeling as quickly as possible. Or I unfollow someone, or I kind of think a bad thing about that person, Or, you know, evil, ugly thoughts can come up. But what I want to invite women to is like, stay with your resistance and ask a question. Like, what are you jealous about? Or what are you afraid of? Or what are you anxious about? And every feeling, actually, if you follow it, will lead to a deep belief. So maybe the deep belief is you will only be loved if you produce something. Or there's only enough room for a certain amount of people to have success. Or I'm only loved if everyone is pleased with me. So I guess I just want to staying is like, oh, okay, where do I resist being? And then really moving into vulnerability with people. And, you know, so So beautiful. I I love that. It feels like a breath. Like Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, you're invited to not keep moving. And I think when I look at this year for so many people, but specifically for the achievers and the people that are always doing that invitation to stay is really scary, right? Like these are the people that jam pack their schedules that are constantly connected that, you know, they're in their inbox or they're getting those dopamine hits from social media. And now all of a sudden this reality of like, you might actually have to sit and be comfortable with yourself can almost feel paralyzing. What do you have to say about that? Oh, 100%. It's terrifying. You know, I think even with COVID, it's like we're all driving on the freeway and then all of a sudden there's like a massive accident. And so, you know, there's all these further up accidents and your tail spins and everyone's pulling over. And there's almost a little bit of a trauma in that because all the things that we've been running after and driving after are not bad things. They're not bad. But sometimes in the process, we can lose our soul. We can lose our heart. We can lose our sense of peace. And I want to say to the women, right, who are kind of scared and on the side of the road and panicking and trying to get back on the freeway with a broken car. It's like in every logical sense, if there's a car broken down on the freeway, what would you say to them? You would say, Hey, wait for help. Wait for someone to come help you. It's okay. Your car broke down. That's not a bad thing. It just means something inside needs repair. 
And I think when we can trace our jealousy or our anxiety or our fear, those are not bad things. Those are kind of like the warning light on the dashboard of your car saying, I need help. Like, look inside, take me into the mechanic, get me looked at. I think that's so incredible. And one thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately, because we're just mentally preparing to start trying for number two later on. But I have been doing a lot of comparison from when we went through our losses and my life was just so different. I was working around the clock. My cortisol levels were insane. My adrenals were shot. Like there's just so many warning signals that I was ignoring because I was just go, go, going. And I feel like you've had such a similar path, very parallel paths to that. When you think about the difference of feeling from when you were at the quote peak of your career to when you were like fully rooted in being comfortable staying, describe those two realities and how different they can feel. Oh my gosh, Jenna, I could cry. It's so different. It's radically different. And I didn't ever believe, honestly, that there could be another way. I thought the anxiety, I thought that being up all night, I thought, you know, I was editing during nap time, during snack time, during movie time. I was always working. I really thought like, if I'm going to quote unquote, be successful, like this is what I have to do. If I want it all, if I want the family, if I want the business, if I want the marriage, if I want the family, like I have to do these things. And externally I was doing them. Like anyone on the outside be like, wow, she just got her wedding published. She's flying to Asia to shoot an international wedding. Like she's going to Mexico, like all these things. But it was like internal. I was internally, if you could see inside of me, I was, I was like ashes. I was crumbling kind of like what you're saying on the go, go, go. And, and now I just want, I guess I want to like whisper into people's souls, like freedom is possible. You can pursue your dreams and sleep at night. You can pursue your dreams and cheer for the girl next to you. You know, and it's like the internal freedom, like I would take that any day over, you know, some on paper form of success. A hundred percent. I'm going to ask you something. I'm I'm slightly nervous, but I've always wanted to ask somebody. Do it. Do it. Okay. Okay. So one thing, and you just have to be so transparent. So there are so many women that have come on this show that have written books about like simpler living or, you know, just like peaceful practices or different things like that. And I know that like the process of launching and getting a book out into the world and then that is the opposite of all of those things, right? Yeah. Were there times in the launch that you just felt like this is incongruent with my message, but this is like the method of getting it out into the world? Yeah. You know, like yeah, nobody I ever do. talks about that because it's like we can talk about like easy living and like slowing down, but then it's yeah. like if we really want to share these messages, sometimes we've got to be like in opposition of our messaging to get it out. What was that like? Yeah. And you know, it's so, if I'm being really honest, I would say if 10 years ago, when I wrote this book, if I had launched it 10 years ago, I would say 100%, I would be an absolute wreck because who I was, was not congruent with what I was writing. Yep. It was who I wanted to be, but not who I really was. And I think why that 
seven, 10 year break, letting my manuscript sit on the desktop was for me to become the person I really wanted to be that I could back those words. And so launching my book right at the forefront of quarantine, there was, it was like, it was hard. And there I would look at other women launching a book at the same time. And I would be like, I wonder how their numbers are and all these things. But there was also simultaneously like a deep joy. Mm. It was a yeah. deep joy because I knew what I was inviting women to was what would really be transformative. And, and honestly, like I don't even give in my book, I like, don't even give how to's like, I don't give practical steps. I don't tell you if you do these things, then you'll stay. Like I have no practical steps (laughs) to living a simpler life because I have five kids and life is totally nuts. But when you're at peace, like with who you are, and like who God's made you to be and the relationships in your life. And I think Jenna, you like really model this well, cause you really talk about that, like having your people and your marriage and focusing on that and your daughter. It's like, yeah, like I think it was almost a reclaiming of who I was. Like yeah. I don't belong to those people on the internet. I don't belong to that person and what they think about me. Like I belong to God and I belong to like the people in my inner circle and I think when you have that, oh, like kind of everything else kind of is less important about what everyone else thinks about you, you know? Mm-hmm. It's been so interesting. This just reminds me so much of this, but we hired an emotional intelligence expert to do trainings with our team. Her name is Tico. She was actually a guest on our podcast a few years back. And we had to do this huge emotional intelligence assessment. And so much of what you're talking about reminds me of the things that we've been digging into as a team, because I just really believe that we need to first understand us and like how we feel and the difference between feelings and emotions and how we collaborate. And what was so interesting about the assessment was at the end, it kind of gave you this happiness score, which is so weird, right? Like you're going to score my happiness because happiness feels like an emotion, like fleeting. And so we named it like the peace score instead. And it was just really beautiful to see like how at peace you can be even in uncertainty, even in unprecedented times, even with, you know, trauma and things coming up. And I just think that for so many women, like we don't even pause to like take inventory, you know? Yeah. So what has it like for you? in this redefining of success, because if I'll be totally honest, I think so many women this year are on this like reevaluation of like, what is even success? How do I find peace? How can I be still with myself and be happy with who I am? What does that look like for you? Yeah. You know, I think it's this idea, at least for me, is letting people be a part of my middle. So I'm really good. I mean, I'm really good about telling people my ideas or what I want to do or what I want to accomplish or some goals I have, some dreams. I love talking about that. And I'm really good about talking to people on the other side, like yep. when the dream has been accomplished or when it's yep. done. The but lesson has been learned. <laughs> yes, yes. But there's that middle place that makes, honestly, like our armpits sweat, that makes our voice shake. It's vulnerability. And it's different, right? Transparency is different than vulnerability. Transparency is like, I'm telling you the facts about how I think or feel. 
Vulnerability is letting people into the feeling. And it's scary. And I think for me, it's letting like people into the middle and into the process and into the everyday of this is hard. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I feel like I'm breaking. I feel like I'm failing. I feel behind. And honestly, letting that vulnerability allow people that are close to you, let them love you. And I think that is, there's so much power in that and so much release. And like you're saying, exhale of my worth is not bound to what I produce. My worth is bound to who I belong to. Tell me if this is true for you. Do you believe natural skincare just won't work as well? I used to believe that myth too before I switched my entire skincare routine to Primally Pure. I started to explore the non-toxic line after my miscarriages because I learned that my skin was absorbing everything that I put on it and it was impacting my body on the inside too. Well, I became obsessed with reading labels and consider me a completely converted skeptic and Primally Pure's number one fangirl. I've been using the Primally Pure Clarifying Serum just five to 10 drops a day for a few months and my skin is breaking out less, it's brighter, and it's helping me keep inflammation down. And Primally Pure Cleansing Oil absolutely changed my skin and the way that I thought about skincare in general. Like it felt counterproductive to cleanse with oil, right? Well, wrong. It actually feels like magic, but really it's non-toxic skincare that not only does the job, it makes my evenings feel like a little spa getaway. For 10% off your order, head to primallypeer.com and use the code JK10. That's the code JK10 at primallypeer.com. And if you want to learn more about my favorites and how I use them, head to jennacutcher.com slash skincare. I've been seeing more and more questions about hiring recently, and it's a really encouraging and exciting sign in this uncertain year. In our Gold Digger Facebook group, I'm seeing more businesses feeling like it's a necessary next step to keep their business going and growing. Whenever it's time for a new hire, I go straight to LinkedIn Jobs. Our content writer, our email copywriter, even the manager of this very podcast that you're listening to right now were all discovered by way of LinkedIn. LinkedIn is an active community of professionals with more than 690 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills that you're looking for and puts your job post in front of qualified members every day so that it's seen by people looking for jobs just like yours. That's how LinkedIn Jobs can help you hire the right person faster. Small businesses have unique needs, so when your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. Get the first $50 off when you visit linkedin.com slash golddigger. Again, that's LinkedIn dot com slash gold digger to get $50 off your first job post terms and conditions apply. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. One of my favorite lines that you say and that you encourage women to do is to stay awake to love. I want to know, like, what do you mean by that? What does that mean to you? Right. (laughs) I kind of live by that motto because One, it's a a stay, right? Stay right where you are right now, this moment. What do you feel? Where are you? Like, are you on the floor changing a diaper? Are you in the middle of an email that you don't want to write? Are you receiving a text that's making you anxious? Like stay. And then as you are there, open your heart, expand your soul, stay soft to love, the love of God, the love of other people, the love that you know exists in your family, and in your friends, like trusting and leaning on that memory of love. 
And I feel like, oh, I just so desire, Jenna, like to live a full life and to savor this one life I have. And I think part of that stay awake to love is you can be anywhere. You can be washing dishes. You can be doing a training. You can be falling asleep and you are cared for. You are loved. And that just is an invitation to to freedom, actually. Okay. I'm asking you a question that's so selfish for me, but hopefully other people can learn because I love what you're saying and I, I can just feel it in every fiber of who you are. How do you teach your children to not resist things that they're feeling? Because I I have been thinking about this so much. There was a Sesame Street episode the other day (laughs) talking about emotions and it's okay to feel angry or it's okay to feel sad. And I feel like our generation, we were kind of taught that you want to be happy and nothing else and that you want to move away from any other emotion that's not happy or fake that you're happy until you feel that way. So as a mom, like what does it look like to teach your children to not resist and to like lean into those things that we were taught to run from? Totally. I love this question. And I think there's two parts, right, Jenna? I think as adults, as moms, as we learn to stay, as we ourselves learn to stay with our anger, resentment, jealousy, and understand those feelings, we are actually modeling that for our kids. As we stay with our pain, we're modeling that for our kids. As we let ourselves cry, as we let ourselves feel what the depth of what we actually do feel, our children see that. And I want to say even on the reverse side, if we do not stay with our pain, it will come out. And unconsciously, our children will pick it up like it's their responsibility. I have to make mom happy. I have to make mom not angry. I have to not disappoint mom. And so as we're able to own our feelings and stay with them, our kids don't have to pick them up for us. That's one thing. But as we have peace staying with ourselves, then we actually have the capacity to stay with our children in their anger. Because Children have a great amount of anger. They have a great amount of pain. They have a great amount of fear and sensitivity. And so as we can stay with ourselves, then we have room to stay with our kids. And I say that even with our spouses and even with our friends and even with our siblings. Like when we have worked through that and we create space at the table of our soul for ourselves and all of our emotions, then guess what? When our husband gets angry, our anger isn't triggered. Like we can stay with him. And when our kids are scared because what the heck is happening in the world, we can stay with them and name it for them and make a really uh, great picture of the table. Like pull up a chair at the table. Let's talk about it. You're angry. Let's talk about it. I'm not afraid of your anger. I'm not afraid of your bad. Yeah. Those are powerful words. When someone has stayed with you, Jenna, God, isn't that life changing? When you don't have to and do you're something like waiting for them. them to rush you out of it, you know, like you're almost yeah. waiting for them to be like and moving forward, and you're like, no, yes. like it's life changing. It. Yeah, it is. It is, and I think that. I'm assuming that a lot of people listening are very much like me. That there's this feeling of like. I love this idea, but I'm afraid of what will come up if I do this. 
habits. And I think that's true for so many of us because our movement is a way for us to move away from or to avoid. I think that this year has been this year of enlightenment because we've been unable to avoid so much. What are things that you're finding coming up for you that might be surprising to you or that might you might have thought, oh, I've dealt with that, and then it comes up just because this year is just so unique? Yes. <laughs> there have been a lot of things. One is I did not I, – I didn't know how to rest. I thought I knew how to rest before quarantine, but – Having been in quarantine, it was like for the producers out there, for the achievers, for the motivators, for the have endless energy people, it's really hard. It's like resting is actually work, I learned. And and I have to learn that every day and every week. Like it's okay to rest and it's okay to say no and it's okay to answer that email tomorrow. And I think you know, yesterday as we're preparing for school and, you know, homeschooling four kids now, it's like, wow, it's okay that I am not perfect. And it's okay that I don't do it like that mom. And it's okay if my kid doesn't have the periodic table memorized by tomorrow, you know, just lots of grace, honestly, grace for myself, grace for my husband, grace for my kids. And it's literally an everyday thing. I feel the same way about rest. Like I used to just tell myself, like, you just operate at a higher level. You don't, you don't rest like the minions. And then I realized like resting took almost more work than being busy, but that it was so necessary. Like it was this constant remind, like it's almost like we have to be our own permission granters over and over incessantly. And it was funny because the other day I messaged my integrator on my team and I said, you know what? Today I was just feeling like weary, like I'm just tired. And I realized I haven't taken a break since January. And I told her, I was like, I'm scheduling two weeks off. I really want to just be outside and hike and slow down and take naps and read books. And I was like, my soul is like asking for it. And it was just crazy where I'm like, I'm actually listening. You know, I feel like we need ourselves. (laughs) You're growing up. We're doing it, Jenna. (laughs) And I'm like serious about it, you know, like where it's like in the past, it'd be like, oh, I really want to take a break. But then in my head, I'd be like, but I'll still check email. And I'll still, I was like, no, no, I need like a shutdown. And I think that a lot of us, it's just, we've just been moving through every change and like just trying to stay ahead of the curve and keep things moving and like don't lose momentum. How have you felt, you know, you're six months removed from your book launch? How has that felt for you? Like, where are you at on that path of launching? Because, I mean, the work kind of never ends, you know? I know. It never does. And it's so crazy because literally, like, I launched my book and then the next week I was writing my next book proposal. And I was like, whoa, you know, I was, yeah. it was okay. It was like, you know, again, it was like this, this fire in my soul. And so it was like, I was up writing constantly and then it took me like, and then I went on vacation and then I was like, whoa, whoa, like I am so driven 
And I don't want to, again, it's not a bad thing. What I want to do is write another book. It's not a bad thing. The goal is not bad. The dream is not bad. But it's again, like, who do I want to become? And I could gain the world, but it's not worth forfeiting my soul. And I have to be like, okay, like I'm going to slow down on that next book. It doesn't have to happen right now. But I even love what you said. It's like you are listening to your soul. And I think for so many of us, there's a fear driving us. If I take a break, I'm going to get behind. If I take a break, I'm going to miss an opportunity. If I take a break, you know, we fill in the blank. We all have it. And I think we have to ask ourselves, if I don't take a break, the car will literally crash and burn on the side of the freeway. And then you have to do all, you know, think about that analogy to the end. It's like, how much more work is it to go buy a new car versus just taking your car in to get some oil? Yes. Yes. Yeah. You know what? My sister reminded me the other day we were voice texting and I used to always tell my family, and this is so weird. I don't know if I've ever said this before, but I used to always tell my family that I was kind of living like I was like an NFL football player where like one break or one accident could totally take me out. And it was almost like living with this fear of like, this won't last. Like this is it. This is the one chance. And the more women I've talked to during this year, specifically entrepreneurs, achievers, I keep reminding them like, you have proven time and time again that you can pivot and change and adapt, that you are resilient. And I feel like it took me so long to believe that about myself and to believe that about what we were doing. And I feel like it's this lie that we're telling ourselves that like, this is it. If we lose momentum, we're, we're done. If we stop, it's over. Mm. If we don't take all of these opportunities, it's going to crumble. But in reality, when we look back, like look at us over the last decade, right. how many times have we pivoted, moved, changed, grown, evolved into this version of who we are showing up today? 100%. And that, that's a perfect analogy because it's like, we, I think so many of us live in that fear, like, oh, if I miss it, if I miss it, that's it. It's gone. It's over. And it's like, whoa, but all those pivots, all those quote unquote setbacks or failures are like these incredible gifts to invite you to becoming a woman who is more faithful, a woman who has stronger character, a woman who's more resilient, who has greater perseverance, a woman who's kinder and softer and more generous. Like all those pivots and changes and quote unquote failures are really what have developed you into a person who can be the person who pulls out a chair at the table and says, sit down, stay, let's do this. Let's be together. You know, what's crazy to me when I think about this is that you wrote your book and then seven years later, you kind of saw that manifestation in the original writing come to life, right? Yeah. Like, what do you think could happen if women today listened to this and sat down and started to manifest their own futures of who they want to become? Totally. It's the idea of like honing that message, that deep, part of you that is so unique in the world that only you have that story. Only you have that experience. Like you were given that story, your story for a reason. 
And so to live in it, to sit in it, to understand it, to look at it from all kinds of different angles and to walk that message. And I think it's true. It's like we get so focused on, well, what do I do with the message? How do I get it there? What do I do with it? And, you know, who's going to grab onto it and who's going to buy it? You know, all those. And again, those aren't bad. But if that consumes all of your energy, then that's what's going to drive you. That's going to drive you. And I think it's this idea of how are we drawn by our message? How are we, we living out our message? Who are we becoming? And I think that process matters. That matters. And as you pour your energy into that, the how will happen. It will happen because it'll be a natural outflow of who you are. What do you hope that somebody walks away feeling after reading your book, Stay? I would love for women to exhale. I would love for women to say me too. And I would love for women to open their hearts and their souls to God and to others in a vulnerable way. The danger of not staying is really the most heartbreaking thing for me is you can't experience love. You can't be loved and you can't give love if you're not able to to stay and to invite others to stay. And I just so deeply want women to know that they're loved. How have you been like grounding yourself in this with five children at home? You're all under the same roof. I mean, it's been crazy. Like It's crazy. I know. I mean, it's so funny. Like the other day, my oldest is 13. My youngest is three. We're potty training. And so in one breath, I'm looking at my oldest saying, like, you cannot watch that on YouTube. And then I'm turning around to my three-year-old saying, did you poop in the potty? You know, it's like, it's like mind-blowing, Jenna. But really, I'm doing what I can to to really listen to what I need right now. And usually it's when I blow up and I'm impatient or I am, you know, short with the kids is when it's like this signal to me like, oh, you need to, you need a break. Like you need to go take a shower by yourself, no kids in the room and just breathe and pray and just, you know, come back and start over again, begin again. And there's always room to start over every single moment of the day. What does self-care look like for you? I just feel like there's such a buzz around self-care and I want to know what it looks like for you. Mm. Well, I think self-care has to come alongside self-awareness. I think self-care can very easily turn into just turning in on yourself and only looking at yourself But there's this balance of self-care and self-awareness where it's like, okay, naming what we need, naming how you feel, asking for hard things, you know, but really simple. I mean, maybe it's a little cheesy, but I like to buy myself flowers and I love arranging flowers. I don't know. There's something and I like them in every room. I want them by the kitchen sink. I want them by my bed. I want them by the bathroom. It's just like, I want beauty to like fill my home because I'm only in my home 24 hours right. a day. <laughs> yes. And then again, yes. And, and like I'm taking a shower with no, do not come in yeah. here. Like 13 year old, you're watching the three year old. I'm taking a yeah. shower. 
I don't even know what that's like. Conley showers with me every time. Like it's like a two to one car wash. Like let's just jump in. But I'm like the other night I was like, babe, I need a little extra time because I haven't been able to shave my legs because there's an almost I love it. I love it so oh. much. So what is firing you up? You mentioned a second book. What is just like exciting you yeah. these days and like invigorating your passion again? Yeah, well, for sure. Writing. I'm starting my second book. It'll be out in 2022, which I'm super excited about. But really, like, I just love engaging with women. It's almost this is like the funnest part now that my book's out. And now that people can connect with me online and just through Instagram or the course I'm doing, it's like I love like taking women on a journey into their soul and those places they're afraid to be. Like again, pulling out the chair at the table and saying, Hey, sit down. Let's, I'll be with you there. And I just, that fires me up. Like seeing women who, you know, randomly find my book at Target and say, Oh my gosh, this is exactly what I needed. And that just, Oh, let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about it. Let's go there. I need to laugh for one second about a few lines that you've said in this interview. First, you said, Oh, I only had a couple of kids, you know, like, (laughs) like, Like back in the day when you only had a few and you were still getting down to it. Then you just casually say, when a woman finds my book at Target, like these are just pure manifestations a decade or more in the making. Like how does it feel? Like how does it feel to pause and I hope stay for a moment before you're on to the next thing to realize that these lines are your reality right now? Yeah. It makes me, it honestly, it makes me cry because I think maybe a few years ago when I was like, why did I write that? What was the point of spending a year writing that yeah. book? What was the point of photography? What was the point of getting my master's degree? Like why, what did I do all, all that for? And it was remembering like that was, that was the middle. Yeah. And that, that middle matters. And I kind of would go back and whisper in my ear five years ago and be like, get your hands dirty. Keep being faithful to the land where you are. Keep digging a well. Keep looking for water. Keep offering it to the people who are your well, who are thirsty. And like, it's incredible. And I think, you know, it's so easy to fall into the temptation of like, well, I'm a failure. Like, all this hard work doesn't matter. And it's like, keep going, keep writing, keep crafting, keep creating, keep loving. Even if you don't see some magical results, like the middle matters. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are sitting in the middle right now. So I'm so grateful for your message. Angelie, where can everybody connect with you, find out more, get your book, be in your community, give us all the places. Yeah, I would love to connect with you. I'm on Instagram a lot. So lovealways.anjulie. You can find me on my website, angeliepascal.com. I offer a course for women who are like, yes, me, I want to go deeper and process some guilt, shame, and loneliness. And I send out a weekly email called my Stay Awake to Love Note. And that shows up once a week on the weekend, just giving really simple, practical ways to open your heart to the love of God and the love of others. I love that. And you can grab her book, Stay. Anywhere where books are sold. 
which is amazing. Yep. Amazon or Target. Amazing. Thank you so much. A decade in the making this conversation was, and I have to say it was totally worth the wait. Oh, it was the best. I wish I could hug you. Oh, sending a virtual one. That's for sure. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Wow. Wasn't that powerful? It's so incredible to really think about all of the things that we might be feeling and how those feelings can make us want to take action or be paralyzed in inaction. And I love the idea of learning how to not resist and how to simply stay. And I think in this season, so many of us are so used to running that being forced to be still can feel scary and uncertain. But in reality, we have this blessed invitation to start to understand ourselves, our feelings, our emotions, our dreams, our goals, our drives at a deeper level when we can choose and make that decision to stay quiet and to just be. Angeli teaches this so well, and I'm just so grateful for her voice, her words, and the way she shows up in the world. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Until next time, Gold Diggers, I invite you to keep on digging your biggest goals, but do not forget to get comfortable staying with yourself just as you are. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com.